1: What's up, Chargers fans? Welcome back to the Guilty as Charged podcast. Today we are talking about the schedule that just dropped, and joining me as always are Jason and Steven. How are you guys today?
2: Doing great. How are you? Doing great. Thanks for asking.
3: Oh, me too. Uh, I'm, doing, I'm doing pretty well. I'm doing swell.
1: Awesome. All right. So the schedule is in front of us. We're going to go through it, I think, week by week first, and then maybe some overall thoughts and maybe a record prediction. Up to you guys. I don't know. So up oh. first, the Chargers will be traveling. They do not get a home game for week one. That makes sense because the Rams are going to take it in their own, their actual stadium, to be honest. So week one, they are traveling to Kansas not Kansas City. Gosh, I'm already messing up. They're traveling to Cincinnati to play rookie Joe Burrow in his first game ever. Good luck, kid.
2: I think that's a win, to be completely honest. Guys, what do you think? Yeah, that's that's a tough opener for Joe Burrow, especially with that offensive line. I know they're getting Jonah Williams back. Well, not necessarily back cuz he didn't even play a game last year but you know that's going to be a tough opener for the rookie and like you I expect the Chargers to win that game as well
3: uh, I won't I won't speak of for whether they'll win or not uh, I'll try to avoid that <laughs> as much as possible it just never goes the way you plan you know I I thought last year was going to be a lot of wins but worst case scenario was at round every corner um I think this is a fun game. You know, you think back to Josh Allen a couple of years back, how much um, how much trouble the Chargers gave him, and then Nathan Biederman a, years, a year before that, I believe it was. Uh, it's just the Chargers have good luck against these, these young quarterbacks because it gives them the opportunity to uh, just wait for the rookie to make a mistake, even, you think, to Devlin Hodges uh devon hodges didn't have a lot of success against the chargers it was everything else did so it's <laughs> yes. um, I, I mean it'll be a fun matchup to to watch you know this this rookie that is expected to consensus top dog in this draft and so for me it's 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 a tough matchup on both sides because on one hand the chargers are also going into a different defense and i i do think that the Bengals are going to be a little more conservative with Joe Burrow because I think they're going to acknowledge that they don't want Joe Burrow to be hit by Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa all game long on his first Mm -hmm. game they're going to limit that as much as they can so it's just it's a fun matchup to me to think how are these two teams going to react to these new situations on both sides so I'm excited that's it I would
2: would expect Joe Mixon to get 30 carries a game for the first few weeks while Joe Burrow is adjusting to to life in the NFL but it definitely would be entertaining, you know, for, for a season opener. You can't hope for anything better than just a really good game that the Chargers could potentially win. Um, yeah, I, I just think that's a really interesting matchup. And for both sides, you know, it's, it'll be a fun matchup for both sides. And be able to start the season off hot like that will be, will be really entertaining to see for this Chargers team.
1: Do either of you guys know where A.J. Green is at right now? Like, is he even close to practicing and healthy, or what's his status?
3: I think he was close and practice, like are what i think he was close to to healthy and he probably could have played a lot of last season yeah, i think I mean, they just sat him i think i think they were just kind of like no it's it's not happening this year okay uh, so why rush him back he's on the opposite side of 30 that you want your guys to be so it's like just relax the guy and take another shot at it la- next year when you get a new quarterback which in this case is joe burrow
2: i just want to ask maybe both of you can kind of speak on this you know, everybody. Assume that Joe Burrow was clearly the best quarterback in the draft, but I think he's going to struggle a lot more this year than people think he's going to. I think so as well. And I was looking like later at the schedule, he's going to struggle early
1: versus when the Chargers play. We'll talk about this later. Tua, when you get to play him in week seven. I think that'll be more of an interesting
3: game. I don't, I've never been the biggest Joe Burrow guy, is the thing. Like, he's always been like up there for me, but, um, I thought he was going to, so I'm just going to go as it stands for me. Uh, He's going to be the safest quarterback as a rookie this year. I think Tua's going to have his struggles, and I think Herbert's going to have his struggles. Love's not going to touch the field. Uh, So, I mean, Burrow, for me, I think he'll he'll have a solid year. I don't think he'll do anything. If people are expecting a repeat performance of his senior year, it's not going to happen. I don't think so. Just because, just like Tua, the same reason I'm a little skeptical about whether Tua will have a good season or not. Well, I mean, obviously there's the injury with Tua that you have to take into consideration. Um, it's the it's that Burrow had a lot of good weapons. And Tua had a, got a lot of good weapons as well. And that's kind of the similarity between those two. And why I'm a little skeptical of whether or not they're going to step into the NFL and those skills are going to translate it's not a seven on seven anymore, which is what it felt like sometimes watching Burrow and Tua. Yeah, right. You know those O lines are so good, and those receivers just ran wild, and so it'll be interesting to see. Uh, Burrow doesn't have bad weapons. You know Joe Mixon, uh, Justin John Ross, sorry, not Justin Ross, um, and then AJ Green, of course. So it's like he's got guys yeah. that can make plays. So we'll see. We'll see. I don't I don't know if he's going to struggle necessarily. I don't think he's going to be excellent, though.
1: All right, let me spin it this way, then. If the Chargers started Justin Herbert week one, would Herbert
2: actually be the Rookie of the Year favorite? Oh, man. Um, Cause he does have the talent around him, but. That's tough. I feel like, I mean, obviously it depends who's starting, but I feel like the quarterback that would have the best chance of putting up numbers would be Tua because I think the Dolphins would be behind in a lot of games they don't really have a great mm. running game to lean on it's good because point. Joe Burrow has Joe Mixon that the Bengals can give him 30 carries a game and and kind of limit his exposure like Jason was saying earlier whereas Tua if the Dolphins want to be competitive at all it's going to be because Ryan Fitzpatrick or Tua are throwing the ball 40 50 times a game so I think from that standpoint it would be one of them but you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see one of the running backs, You know, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, maybe make a run at Rookie of the Year. Um, I think it would just be t- it's going to be tough for any of these quarterbacks to really stand out the way like Kyler Murray did or Baker did because of, of the big numbers that they were putting up. Mm-hmm. I
3: don't think Justin Herbert. Rookie of the Year? Okay, assuming he starts Week 1, right, is what you said? Yeah, everybody starts Week 1.
2: Uh, dud of the year. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> now, if but, Herbert starts week one, which I, I think all three of us would be pretty surprised if Tyrod is not starting. But absolutely. If Herbert is starting week one, I think the Chargers would really be doing their best to limit him and be very conservative. And you know, maybe Ryan he gets Tannehill to 20. On. Yeah. Maybe he gets mm-hmm. twenty three or four pass attempts a game, but yeah, you know, I think from a numbers standpoint, the, the player that's going to have the m- best chance of putting up big numbers from the quarterback standpoint is going to be Tua because, like I said, you know they have no running game, they have no offensive line, so he's going to be chucking it deep as much as he can to Devontae Parker. Whereas Burrow and Herbert would be, uh, be able to lean on a running game and a defense from a from that standpoint too. I'll just
3: say before because that was a little harsh thing <laughs> I just want to say, if they sit Herbert the entirety of 2020, I can understand the pick. I can understand mm-hmm. it. I might not like it, but I get it. If they intend to play him, let alone start him in 2020, there's a problem because they're not they're not acknowledging the the shortcomings they're not acknowledging the development that needs to happen which i mean telesco saying they'll be patient with him kind of gives me like the sense that they understand they think they can fix it which is a whole other story um if you see something if you see the things wrong with them but you know you can fix it that's a whole other story then i get why you drafted him that's right. fine um if you're willing to start him year one then there's a problem. That's where I have the problem with the pick because he's not ready. He shows way too many flaws in his game for that. So I just need to clarify that. Um, I I don't like Herbert as a rookie. I might like him later. That's the unfortunate of it. So
2: if you're, if you're excited for him this year, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, Tyler and I talked about just building a plan for Justin Herbert to succeed and that plan not involving him being so safe because – The thing with Justin Herbert where I'm concerned is he doesn't have that killer instinct where he's just going to let it rip. And so I think if you put him in as a rookie, it's going to be very conservative and that's just kind of, kind of emphasize his weaknesses already. So, you know, I don't personally, from what I think, you know, Tyron Taylor is clearly the, the better option at this point in their careers. And I think, you know, Anthony Lynn and Tom Telesco, they want to win like, this is a very important season for both of them. And Tyrell Taylor is pretty clearly the better option in that regard, in my opinion.
1: All right, let's move on to the next game with a quarterback that did benefit from sitting for almost an entire year. The Chargers will open at home in their new stadium against the Kansas City Chiefs. That'll be a really fun one. I will be there my first time as a season ticket holder in that stadium, obviously. Uh, so what do you guys think about this game? And will you be there? I'll be there.
2: Sweet. I hope to be there, you know. Obviously, I think that kind of depends on the situation of if there is football. But if there is football, I will be there. Yes. So I personally am very excited about this uh, home opener. You know, I think you know you want to have a not necessarily a prime time game, obviously, but a high profile game as the home opener in SoFi Stadium. I think that's really good. You know, you get the chance to play the Chiefs early, kind of prove what your team is able to do from. You know, just kind of every offensive standpoint and defensive standpoint, and really show off what this team is going to be about in 2020. And so I love that. You know, obviously, you know, there's some questions on Twitter already about how much of a home field advantage the Chargers are going to have early on in this in this new stadium. But you know, I'm really excited about that game for the first game in SoFi Stadium. It's high profile, obviously, and, and I'm excited about that. So again, it's a it's an
3: interesting matchup here. I just want to ask real quick. Sure. How much better did the Chiefs get this offseason, do you feel? Not as much as they
1: should. I don't know. They couldn't really do a whole lot, but I don't think they got that much better, to be completely honest. Although I know I think Andy Reid said he's ready to take the offense to like the next level. He's got another step to go up because he's got Edwards-Hilaire now, which is a little scary.
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously I think their one weak link on, one weak link on offense was the running back position last year, and, and they get a much better runner this year. Um, but I don't think that their defense really solved any of their issues from last season. Um, but I mean, the, the Chiefs, when they're at their best, you know, I think they're the best team in the league, and they proved that last year by when they won the Super Bowl. So I don't know if they needed to get much better outside of the corner position and the run, running back position, and they at least solved one of those. Right. So I was just, I'm just like wondering
3: in that early matchup, who to watch for in terms of, like, new matchups that we haven't seen before. Right. And all I can think of, really, at this point, is Kenneth Murray versus Clyde, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Sure. And then K.J. Hill slash Joe Reed adding depth to a receiver room that already dominates the Chiefs' corner room. The Chiefs' mm-hmm. corner room is just awful. Um, and then, of course, we've got... Um, you got Tyron Matthew who could travel all over the field and take care of whatever slot receiver is where. But I'm just, I'm just interested to see this matchup. I don't know if it's going to be um, similar in a sense. like There have been a lot of close games between the Chargers and the Chiefs ever since right. Mahomes has taken hold. And it seems like the Chargers are one of the one teams in the NFL, if not the only team, that has shown, hey, we, we got the blueprint. We can stop Mahomes. Mm-hmm. And they just can't beat him. But um, so I'm interested to see how this game goes is this gonna, are they going to flip the script at all is KC finally going to have this breakout game against the Chargers where finally they just completely dominate the team or are the Chargers going to continue the script of nah we can contain Mahomes and now we can fire back so we'll see, I'm, I'm interested to, to watch this one obviously it's a home opener so I'm really excited about it but in terms of like roster versus roster I don't know what to expect You guys
2: want to say whether they win this one or not? No, I don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) I think they'll have a good chance. You know, obviously the Chiefs are very explosive, but I I don't know. It's really hard for me to say whether they'll win a specific game when it's May. You know, like at this point last year, I figured that the Chargers would be looking at like a 10 and six season at worst. And then Derwin James got hurt and then Russell Okung had an embolism. And so you just never really know in May how this team is going to do really game by game. I think predicting a record overall is, is a little easier and a little more realistic, but going game by game and saying they'll win this one, they'll lose with this one in May is, is a little uh, tricky for my taste. Cool. Even, well, up to
3: the, even up to the point where you're in the season, the The day before the game, it's still like so hard to tell. Are they going to win yeah. or lose? And there was a point in the middle of Miami game where I thought they were going to lose to Miami. So, I yeah. mean, you just never yeah. know. You just never know.
1: Yeah, I don't think they'll get swept this season, but I will say they will split yeah. at least. So, I, I guess if I'm going to go with one game they're going to win against Kansas City, it'll be the home one, obviously. But, I mean, who knows? The last time they won was in Kansas City. So, who the heck knows? Let's move on to week three versus the Carolina Panthers another at-home one is nice the only real storyline here I guess that I can think of is is Turner versus Okung Uh, how do you guys feel about this one um not versus but you know
2: yeah that'll be interesting and and Michael Schofield who is going to be coming oh you're right so Schofield and Okung versus his old team that's going to be a little interesting but uh, you know the key matchup there is going to be the linebackers against Christian McCaffrey and yeah, you know, I think that the Panthers are better than they were last year because Teddy Bridgewater is an upgrade over Kyle Allen. Um Robbie Anderson there is an interesting fit. You know, he I I'm not like scared of their receivers. You know, I think DJ Moore is very solid and Robbie Anderson is very solid. Um but really if the Chargers can contain McCaffrey at least a little bit, I think they'll be able to win that game. You know, their defense is going through a rebuilding stage and they drafted all defensive players in the draft, so they're yep. young on that side, so that should be a good experience for the Chargers offense and kind of get in a rhythm before the, the next two games, which are tough. But really, like I said, it's going to come down to containing McCaffrey or not, and that's going to be the, the key factor in that matchup.
3: So I was talking about this a little bit prior with Steven, and I said the receiver scared me. He thinks the opposite. So the reason the receivers scare me is because Chris Harris, Casey Hayward, and Desmond King— are good corners. They're just not known for a very important thing, which is speed. Mm-hmm. Um, the Panthers receivers are the opposite. They're okay receivers that are very well known for their speed. Uh, DJ Moore, uh, Curtis Samuel, Robbie Anderson, all three of those guys are just fast. And they know what to do with the ball after after it's in their hands. They, they can make people miss and... I think you get some crossing routes with those guys, with Teddy Bridgewater always making those smart decisions. And it it could be a little troubling for the Chargers defense, especially when you consider that the Chargers defense, it's like their kryptonite is quarterbacks that are just smart. Like that quarterback could have no talent in the world. But if they're smart, Mm -hmm. the Chargers defense just can't can't get the ball. And Alex Smith was a big example of that a couple years back. That was the worst, trying to stop Alex Smith, and he was just – having his way. And so I think Teddy offers something similar to that. And if he's able to get the ball in those receivers' hands, that's a little little bit scary. Uh, So it'll be interesting to finally see and finally test whether or not these three corners can handle a fast offense, which, I mean, they're going to have their opportunity against Kansas City. But I think Kansas City will be more of the same game plan that they've recently had. I know they're talking about switching their scheme a lot. I don't think it's going to happen against KC because – They've had such good outcomes. Mm-hmm. Um, well, not outcomes, but they've they've had um, success in slowing down Patrick Mahomes with their previous defense. So we'll see. We'll see. They want to be more more diverse. So we'll see how diverse they're going to be. All right, it's a good one. Let's move
1: on to Week Four. This is a big one at Tampa Bay. This is a tough one. But here's the thing. I just like before. Okay, before the before Tom Brady went to the Buccaneers. We're talking about how he might go to the Chargers. And I watched Tom Brady, and I didn't like him. I didn't think he was that good, particularly towards the end of the season. And now he's on the Buccaneers, and everyone's saying, oh, well, that's a that's a pretty clear almost loss for the Chargers. And I get that traveling is tough. And I do think Tom Brady early in the season is going to be tougher than Tom Brady later in the season. But I mean, like I'll stick to my gut. Like I didn't think Tom Brady looked that good to finish the season. I'm not a huge fan of his currently. Like today, obviously, he's one of the greatest ever, and Belichick isn't the coach in that defense. I don't know. I'm just not really – like, it'll be a tough game, and they have to travel east coast. It's going to be tough. But I just – I don't think it's as tough a matchup, I guess, even though I could totally see them losing. I don't know. How do you guys feel about this one?
2: Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think the toughest part about this game is going to be traveling. Um, I just never really understood, like, the fit of Tom Brady – In the Chargers offensive old, I was like, okay, I can understand that. But obviously with the new offense that they want to do, it didn't fit at all. But I don't think Tom Brady fits with Bruce Arians' offense at all because Bruce Arians wants to just chuck it deep to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin on every other play. So, you know, I haven't really seen the arm strength out of Tom Brady to make me be scared of this matchup. And I think from a receiving standpoint, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are great. I think they're the best duo in the league. But I'm not like – terrified of of this matchup like you are but I actually think the opposite I actually think getting Tom Brady early is better than getting Tom Brady late because early he's not going to be in a rhythm with this new mm-hmm. offense with his new team whereas if they were playing them late I think he would at least be in a rhythm and be very com- comfortable at this point he's still going to be feeling the feeling the situation out um, but I'm not like I'm not going to say that the Chargers are going to win but I'm not like terrified of this matchup either
3: mhm Good luck checking it down to Ronald Jones all season. Oh yeah, my gosh. <laughs> like, that's not going to happen. Uh, so this will be interesting in the sense of, again, those smart quarterbacks are their kryptonite, right? These smart quarterbacks just have their way. So we'll see. Um, Tom Brady, I mean, last time they saw Tom Brady, he broke everything. So, <laughs> I mean, I want to say, sure, it'll be fine. But at the same time, man, that Tampa Bay offense looks scary on paper. It really does. When you factor in Rob Gronkowski as well, I don't know, man. That's going to be it's gonna be interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm confident that Derwin James can stop Rob Gronkowski two years removed from playing. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I'm excited for that one.
1: Nice. All right, let's move on to Week 5 at New Orleans for Monday Night Football, the first primetime game of the year. This one is tough. I think this one of the first five, this is their closest thing to a a sure loss. It's just tough to go there and win, especially if you're Tyrod Taylor, because all he does is go to New Orleans and have a terrible time. First, he gets benched after the first in 2017 because he threw one interception that bounced off the receiver's chest. And then the next year he goes, he throws the game-winning touchdown almost. And then they miss the PAT and the Saints win the game. So it's just it's just an interesting one, but I don't know. I think it's going to be tough for the Chargers to win this one. Drew Brees always has their number ever since whenever he left. So this is a tough one. I can't see them winning this one, but I'd love it. What do you guys think?
2: Yeah, you can, you can go out ahead and slap an L on this one. Um, <laughs> I would give the Chargers maybe a 1% chance of winning this game. Like, it's, it's not happening. Wow.
3: You know, all we're going to hear that week is about how Philip Rivers is no longer with the Chargers and they should have kept Drew Brees. That's all we're going to hear yeah. all week long. It's like, well, Philip Rivers is a cult now, so obviously that didn't work out. It's like, well, okay, calm down. Um, <laughs> this one, Saints. The Saints are are always good because they ignore the salary cap, so they can just <laughs> sign whoever they want and be great. So unless we get the same refs for the chargers that the rams get (laughs) that would be nice i would i would be okay with that um i think it'll be closer than than you guys think i just think that this chargers team is going to rely a lot on that defense and that defense can work against true Brees. i don't know about you guys but Drew Brees in the second half of the season looked very similar to how you guys are describing tom brady it didn't look good Mm -hmm. it it did not look good I mean, it, it looked fine, but I think it's still going to be close. I think the Chargers' defense can hold the Saints' offense. I think Casey Hayward and Chris Harris are going to be a handful for Michael Thomas. Um, and I don't know if you guys know how I feel about Michael Thomas, but I won't get into that right now. <laughs> I hate you, Michael Thomas. Um <laughs> I just I, I don't know. I think it'll be a close game. I think it is going to come down to Tyrod Taylor, and I hope to God for my heart's sake that it isn't a situation where he scores a game-winning touchdown and they miss a PAT because <laughs> I like Michael Badgley, and I would never like him again. <laughs> yeah. I'm done with kickers. It's not happening. You miss a PAT in that situation. <laughs> uh, it's back to square one. I just – they no missed the PAT
1: kick. in that game, got the ball back, and missed a field goal, and then <laughs> and then lost the game.
3: Oh, I would absolutely lose it. I would <laughs> I would lose my mind. It would be flashbacks to Koo and Sturgis and all the worst people ever um, that have kicked for the Chargers. It's just no, no, no more. No it's more special really, teams problems.
2: It's really funny for me because the. The Utah teams that I've been fans of growing up, they've always had a really good kicker. Like every single year, they have Mm -hmm. a good kicker. And then with the Chargers, it's always been the opposite. So (laughs) my relationship with kickers has been really up and down for sure. All right, let's bring
1: up some nightmares then about kickers and the Chargers. Week six, they play the Jets. (laughs) So that's great after a, a tough Monday night football game, I guess. that's. I mean, they get to go home, play against a team that's really not that good. Yeah. How do you guys see this game playing
2: out? Yeah, the the stretch of weeks two through five is is tough and then after that it gets very easy in my opinion with the Jets, Dolphins, Jaguars and Raiders. But specifically the Jets, you know, outside of Jamal Adams, they don't really have a lot of like blue chip players and mm-hmm. and you know, I know they drafted Mikhail Becton, but I think rookie year Mikai is gonna struggle a lot, specifically with speed rushers in the NFL.
3: Line up Melvin Ingram across from <laughs> Mackay Becton and just watch. Yeah, it'll yeah. be so much fun. It's gonna be an, a bloodbath.
2: Yeah, send all the stunts that way.
3: Yep, yep. And Wosu and Ingram, and then just attack Becton with those two on each shoulder. It's yeah. gonna be just gonna be a nightmare.
2: I don't know. I think the Jets did a decent job beefing up the offensive line, but like skill players, who is a plus player on their offense? Like. Are you that worried about Le'Veon Bell when he's thirty one now or whatever he is? Like they just don't have the weapons that I'm like, okay, like I could see the Chargers. They got Mims, the right? Yeah, but as a rookie. That's
3: true. That's true. I don't know. The Jets are Yeah, they'll take an L. Let's go. The Jets are gonna <laughs> lose that one.
1: Oh, even the Chargers. Okay. No, no. Right. Well
3: Well I hope not.
1: Would, it wouldn't surprise me just because it's like a random AFC. It wouldn't game surprise
3: you. It would surprise me. It would, would surprise just, me too. Yeah. I don't care if they're going if they're zero and five going into that game. I would be surprised. Uh-huh. I would just hate everything at that point. Like even if you're looking at zero and five going into that week, you're like, well, okay, the Bengals have improved or whatever, and then the, the, that that four game stretch was really rough. They can they can at least you know have some pride and go out mm-hmm. like eight and eight or seven and nine or something like that no the second they lose to the jets i'm just like just lose yeah. everything else sure no <laughs> i'm sorry i'm not surprised i wouldn't be surprised because
1: i watched way too many of these games and be like oh yeah the jets there's the first easy one on the schedule and that's the one they lose like i've, I've seen this too many times that's, that's why correct. it wouldn't surprise me but i totally don't think that that the jets would actually beat the chargers but crazier crap has happened next week week seven at miami playing miami again Last time, not we, I'm sorry, I hate saying that. The Chargers are playing Miami again, because I'm not taking the field. Miami is vastly improved, but I I can't really say they're a a better team. Hopefully things aren't as close heading into the first half as the last one. Like you, Jason, I was absolutely terrified watching Devontae Parker and Josh Rosen tear up the Chargers' defense. But things, I mean, it was a completely different game in the second half. Um, But the Chargers have a tough time in Miami. I know that really shouldn't matter, but it seems to. So again, like the Jets game, I wouldn't be surprised if they lost,
3: but I still think they're a better team that they win. It would break Chargers fans' hearts to watch Tua oh take gosh. the field and beat the Chargers. <laughs> um. So let's hope Tua's not playing in that game because that would definitely... like. You know what? It is the Chargers' luck, though. You know two days before the game happens... It's going to pop up that the Dolphins are activating Tua Tagaloi. Lio- wow. Tua Tagoloa, And they're going to be starting him. Mm-hmm. It, it's going to happen. You're going to look at your NFL app or Twitter, and it's going to be an announcement there that Tua is starting against the Chargers. And then Tua comes and tears it up. And that's like a perfect Chargers story. It's exactly mm-hmm. what happens every time.
2: <laughs> yep. Yeah, so that's going to be very interesting, you know, in this standpoint, you know, they travel to Tampa Bay, to New Orleans, back to L.A., and then back to Miami, so that's a lot of traveling in four weeks, Um, and like you said, they have a weirdly tough time playing at Miami, but we'll see. Similar to the Jets, they just don't have a lot of players where I'm, like, super worried about them. You know, their offensive line should be much better, but, I mean, they were, like, the worst offensive line last year in the league, so... Um obviously if Tua is playing that game I'm a little more nervous than if Ryan Fitzpatrick is playing that game um but it's just going to be very interesting to see and and potentially see Tua on the field for the first time like Jason is saying like I wouldn't be surprised if that is happening either but you know we'll see I, I'm more more worried about the travel to that game and you know traveling mm-hmm. to Tampa Bay to New Orleans and then back to LA and then to Miami so I think Travel-wise, that could be the biggest challenge for this team in in these four weeks right here.
1: All right, moving on to week eight versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think the team just annihilated the, the Jaguars last season. I have no reason to believe the Jaguars are so significantly improved that they're going to beat the Chargers at home. So I think this is a pretty
2: easy win, to be honest. I agree. The Jaguars, I think, are probably going to end up with the number one pick or number two pick next year. I think they are not very good. And, you know, I'm just not really impressed with anyone. I know Garnier Minshew kind of took over the league last year with the, the whole Minshew mania, but I never really saw anything where I was like, okay, I think this guy is a franchise quarterback. I think it was just more of, like, the perfect storm for him where people didn't know really what to expect and maybe kind of underestimating him a little bit. But the Jaguars don't, outside of, like, DJ Chark and CJ Henderson, who they just drafted, they don't really have anyone that I'm super worried about. The Leonard Fournette thing, I think, is going to be a big time distraction for them all year long. So, and you know, they're doing the coast to coast thing in this situation. So, I, I think this is going to be one of the more sure wins for the the Chargers this year.
3: Ah, oh, this is Week Eight, right? On Week yeah. Eight, we see Melvin Gordon. I mean, I mean, Leonard Fournette's return to L.A. Oh my God, uh, to Jacksonville? <laughs> yeah. Um, oh God, no. I was making a joke that Melvin Gordon and Leonard Fournette are like the same player in a sense. Oh, I thought you meant because the Chargers.
1: I thought you meant because Chargers Twitter wanted to trade for Fournette, which <laughs> no, is worse. God, which is no. worse?
2: Please that would no. be. That would be worse than having Melvin or Gordon.
3: Yeah, that would be way worse. Um, this game is. I mean, I like Minshew. I just. I'm with Steven. I don't think this one's going to be close. I think this. I think the Jaguars are going to have a very bad year. I think they're very poorly run and their roster is a mess with no identity outside of Gardner Minshew. Like say what you will about Gardner Minshew. um, I mean, he is kind of like around the average territory, maybe even below average, but he has an identity. He knows what he wants to do and they know what they want to do with him. It's everything else. Everything else is bad. Uh, So, I mean, I think that team needs a complete revamp, so I'm pretty confident yeah. heading into that into that game that the Chargers can at least find success. Again, I'm not going to say win or lose, but I think the Chargers will definitely find success against the Jaguars team.
2: If you want to feel better about the Chargers draft history, go ahead and look at the Jaguars draft history. Um, that For the last 10 years, they haven't really hit on any first-round pick or second-round pick or anything, so... You know, the Jaguars are up there with the worst run franchises in the league. And, you know, they're just not in a good situation as a franchise right now.
1: What an anomaly that 2017 season was. Well, hopefully the Chargers don't end up like the Jaguars and take a bust quarterback in the top 10 when a bunch of other Pro Bowl players like Isaiah Simmons, well, potentially, were right there for them to take. Moving on to the second half of the schedule, you have Week 9 versus the Las Vegas Raiders which will take me longer to get over than Los Angeles Chargers, to be honest. Uh, this one, I think they'll split versus the Raiders this season. So I just like the, the Chiefs game. I'm going to call the one at home a win. What do you guys think?
2: I would agree with that. Um, you know, I, I said, heading into the draft, one of my nightmare scenarios, or not necessarily a nightmare, but a scenario I was not looking forward to was Henry Ruggs and Jerry Judy being in the AFC West. And unfortunately, that came true. That being mm-hmm. said, I... I think the Raiders should have taken Jerry Judy, honestly. Like I know Henry Ruggs is was the shiny new toy that you, in this draft, but the Raiders needed a number one receiver, and I don't really know if Henry Ruggs is able to do that. So you know, the Raiders are solid. Obviously they're gonna have a lot of fans in that stadium still. Uh that'll be a tough game, but I think the Chargers will be able to win this game and and carry some momentum into the bye week.
3: Henry Ruggs and Tyrell Williams. That's that's a lot of speed. I I don't know about this Raiders team. That Henry Ruggs pick, like yeah, I hate it because I just don't like how many good receivers are in the AFC West. I hate how many fast receivers are in the AFC West now. Yeah. Um and it's just I don't I don't trust John Gruden. I don't trust the Raiders. Mm-hmm. I don't trust that they understand what kind of team they're putting together because one second I look and I see okay they're putting together a blue collar team and then the very next round I think or they're putting together a modern air it out team Yeah, and it's like really confusing and so maybe he proves everybody wrong and he incorporates this hybrid 1970 mixed with 2020 I don't even know what I would call that the the West Air Raid I don't know Uh, So we'll see what happens there, but I am intrigued to see how the Raiders utilize slash completely ignore Henry Ruggs. So (laughs) I mean, we'll see. I I don't know. Yeah, Um,
2: it's it's weird because they clearly value speed on offense, and then on defense they're like, "Eh, we're just gonna take the scrappy guys like Tanner Muse and Damon Arnett and Cleveland Farrell." So So weird. there's like there's no theme to what the Raiders are doing in their team-building process. And you know, I think with if you're pl- building an offense around Derek Carr, giving him Henry Ruggs is not really what Derek Carr needs. Like Jerry mm-hmm. Judy would have been a much better fit for Derek Carr and this offense. And like I said, I think they needed a true number one receiver. Obviously, we know that Tyrell Williams is not a number one receiver. So I think if they had Jerry Judy, I think I would be a little more, I don't want to say like... Scared because I don't scare the Raiders. I'm not scared of the Raiders at all. But I think if Jerry Judy were there, it would be a much more. I don't know what I'm like. What I'm trying to say, but it's it would have been a tougher matchup to me if they had had Jerry Judy instead of Henry Ruggs and that defense. Like I said, outside of John Abrams, I'm I don't really think that they have many difference makers. I like Corey Littleton, but that's about it. So I'm not. I'm very confused at what the Raiders are doing. And I think the Raiders are probably going to be right around where they were last year, like 6-10, and 7-9 kind of situation.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, so Week 10 is the bye. That's a big one for the obvious reason they picked Justin Herbert, number six overall. It's a loss. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. <laughs> That's just most of Chargers Twitter saying that. Um, here's the thing. I don't think, especially because of that second half, like a second quarter of the schedule, it's not like they're going to be 0-9 heading into this, you know, they might be like, cause they could be, they could seriously be like six and three heading into the bye. Like I I can't imagine this is, there's a losing record heading into the bye and any reason to take Justin Herbert and stick him in over Tyrod Taylor in week 11.
3: I'm just going to, I'm just going to repeat it. Herbert should not play at all a single game in 2020, unless it's like an agreed mutual sit our starters week 17 game. Uh, this not I don't think it would have the outcome people would want I think all it would do was bring up more negativity around Chargers Twitter when they see Justin Herbert not play well in in his rookie year and then all of a sudden you're going to see bust and draft Trevor Lawrence tank for Lawrence blah 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 and it's just going to go on and it's it's just going to be ugly and that doesn't herbert doesn't need that he needs development he doesn't need chargers fans doubting him more than i am right now because I, I like i've said i believe that he can develop if they let him sit 2020 it should not change after the bye week i don't care if they're oh nine heading into the bye week just mm-hmm. let him just relax and let herbert develop and learn and it will be fine but if you panic. And you put Herbert out there; it's it's not gonna have. There's no positive that comes from that. Just let him learn,
2: let him let him just develop. Yeah, I'm on the same page there. I, I, in general, unless you have like an Andrew Luck type prospect, I think your rookie quarterback should sit for a year, and that's proven to be the recipe for success in, in letting quarterbacks develop where they can sit behind a veteran for a year. And you know, in this situation, if the Chargers are, I mean, realistically, the Chargers are gonna be you know, at worst, like four and five. And even then you're still in reach for the playoffs, especially with an extra wild card team this year, your Mm -hmm. goals are still in reach. So if it comes down to like the last two weeks and the Chargers are, you know, clearly out of the playoffs, like, okay, I can understand it. But then, you know, you're, you have a tough game against the Broncos and a tough game against the Chiefs. That would be a really difficult situation for Justin Herbert to come in and, and get his two starts. So, like Jason, and I know Tyler feels the same way. I think Justin Herbert should sit all year. If, for some reason, that they do decide to put him in, over the bye week is the best week to do it, in my opinion, because then you give him all the bye week, all week 11, as you know taking starter reps to get him in. But you know, I'm with Jason here. I don't think Justin Herbert should be playing this year unless Tyrod is injured.
1: Man, that'd be a tough one though. He gets he would come in week eleven at Denver, then at Buffalo, and then versus the Patriots. Right. So that'd be that would be a tough three game schedule right. for a rookie quarterback to come in. So but let's move on to that week eleven game. Originally I looked at this and I thought, well, okay, the Chargers get the Broncos after the bye. That'd be really great. They travel to Denver, but they do have a bye week. Maybe that's more likely that they'll win. Maybe that's true. But they did the exact same thing last year when they had a bye week, traveled to Denver,
2: and then lost to Drew Locke. So how do you guys see this game playing out? Overall, uh, this is gonna be really interesting to see how Drew Locke develops. I think the Broncos had a great draft. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they clearly wanted to give Drew Lock more weapons, and obviously they did that with Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler and Albert O. Oh, and you know, they beefed up that interior offensive line. Um, I I don't know. I don't know if I buy Drew Locke. I, I think I like him. I don't know if I buy him as like the clear cut franchise guy. But I mean, as long as Von Miller is on that defense, I'm gonna be a little. Worried about this this matchup. And especially, you know, they added Jarrell Casey and they get Bradley Chubb back. So this is going to be a dogfight like it always is. The Chargers historically have really struggled in Denver. And, and, you know, it's going to be the same kind of situation this year. It's going to be a dogfight. It's going to be a game that is really close. You know, I think of all the games, this would probably be the lowest scoring between the two, maybe like a 20 to 17 type game. Um, but it's, it's tough for me to feel comfortable about a charters game in Denver. It just has never really been something that I'm super confident in, except for when Jay Cutler was on the team. And that was pretty much an easy win every single year. This is going to be the ultimate
3: test for me, because if I see Tyrod Taylor throw a, a screen pass interception against the Denver Broncos, <laughs> I just give up. I give up. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. I, I give up on the Denver. I'm just not going to watch Denver games anymore. Um, so as long as that doesn't happen, I'm fine. You can throw three picks downfield. I don't care. You throw a screen pass interception to Von Miller, and I'm going to lose it. I'm going to throw my remote across the room. Um, Denver scares me maybe mm-hmm. more than any other AFC team at this point. Uh, even the Chiefs, uh, Patriots, I don't, I don't care who it is. Denver scares me a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they knew what they wanted to do, and they executed it. And we were just talking about the Raiders. We don't know what their plan is. You know exactly what the Broncos' plan is, right. and that is to put weapons around Locke and take advantage of how good his arm is because he can make any throw on the field, and he can he can chuck that thing. So Judy and Hamler, and then Sutton, and then Deshaun Hamilton, Noah Fant, Albert O. That's Melvin Gordon. Uh, well, Revenge game. Oh, gosh. I, I, I take it back. I take it back. I take I take back what my biggest fear of this game is. My biggest <laughs> fear is Melvin Gordon going off. That is that is my biggest fear. I would hate to see him yap and <laughs> that. Just Jalil it. Yeah. Just. Oh my god. I was at that game and he was running <laughs> up and down the field, and taunting. And I was just like, I want to just I want to slap that man. I don't. We're- I actually like Jalil die. So, but. Yeah, I just this this Broncos offense. Man, I don't know what to expect. I really don't. Yeah, um, They if... could be amazing, or Locke could suck. And, buy it and maybe, like, there could be a completely different quarterback starting. I don't know. I don't know. So I, this game scares me a lot, though, I can tell you that.
2: Yeah, and they clearly they wanted to add speed to this offense, and they clearly looked at the Chiefs and said, okay, we want to replicate this because Trey Judy's fast, KJ Handler's fast, Alfredo's fast, Fanta's fast. Locke has a big arm. Yeah, so they... Like Jason said, this is the anti-Raiders because you knew what the, it was very clear what the Broncos were doing. They were going all in on Drew Locke. They wanted to give him weapons. They wanted to beef up the interior offensive line, and they did it. And yeah, you know, this is going to be a really interesting team. I think a lot of people are pegging the Broncos as like the potential surprise team of the of the year. And if they went, if the Broncos won 11 games, I wouldn't be surprised.
1: Yeah, me neither. Uh, They scare me more than the Chiefs, to be completely honest, not because, like I said this before, not because the Broncos are a better team yet, but because the Chargers can handle the Chiefs more than they seem to be able to handle the Broncos, which is crazy. Right. Um, So the next one is a game that I am totally circling because I'm a huge Tyrod Taylor fan. I hope he's starting this game. Week 12 at the Buffalo Bills. The Chargers, for whatever reason, when they're emotionally inspired, they play so well. They go to Baltimore, and they're just like, you know what, we're just going to kill you. Derwin James clapping at the opposing quarterback and the opposing offense, you know, run right at me. I dare you. And you know, then they host the, the Green Bay Packers last year. For whatever reason, the Chargers were in- incredibly emotional and inspired that game and crushed the Packers. If they can show up and rally for Tyrod Taylor, I think uh, returning back to Buffalo, I think that'd be a pretty fun game, and I think they can absolutely win it.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. And, and I, I want nothing more... And then Tyra Taylor to walk into Buffalo and throw for like 400 yards and five touchdowns. Like that would be so <laughs> rewarding for me and just see him just ball out against Buffalo. That'd be a lot of fun. The Bills, though, I think are being kind of anointed as the post-Tom Brady AFC East power. I don't know. Honestly, I, I'm not the biggest believer in Josh Allen. I think as long as he's there, that's going to kind of limit their upside. But they have a very good defense and you know they arguably have one of the better cornerbacks in the league and they have a great defensive line and a very defensive minded head coach so that's gonna be a tough game um but you know the chargers have gone to buffalo and won they've played really well against the bills in the past so this will be really entertaining i'm very excited for the tyrod taylor revenge game and uh, like you i think they could definitely walk into buffalo and get a win
3: it would be interesting to watch justin herbert versus josh allen i could say that and get to watch Josh Allen on two sides of the field at the same time. <laughs> Guys, that'd be so fun. Josh Allen never um, leaves the field. Yeah. Uh obviously I'm joking. I think Justin Herbert and Josh Allen are actually two different quarterbacks, but I know it's a common joke around NFL Twitter that uh Justin Herbert's ceiling is Josh Allen, which is whatever. This game would be like the ultimate game for the season. Like if they went Owen, if they went one and fifteen this year or one in sixteen. Mm-hmm. No, one in fifteen. Sorry. Um that's not happening yet. I would want the one win to be this game. Yep. So bad. This would be the game where I'm just like, come on, just give us this one. Give us this one. I need Tyrod Taylor to win this game. And if if they go fifteen and one and lose this game, I will be disappointed. <laughs> I will I will be so sad. Uh just because I hate the way the Bills treated Tyrod Taylor. I hate it. i hated it i hated it 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 makes me sick i just i i dislike them very much and it was just because they obviously didn't like tyrod taylor and there's no other way you can put it you can't even pretend you can't even tell me that oh no they were respectful to tyrod or they liked tyrod they just wanted to move bull bull i don't i don't don't want anyone to talk about this i'll get heated anyways (laughs) just screw the bills that's all i gotta say i i I really want to win this one
2: yeah i you know i think it's so funny when people who are anti tyrod bring up the fact that tyrod got benched and it's like well yeah but we saw what happened we saw what nathan peterman was so yeah i want nothing more for tyrod than for him to come in and just have an amazing season i think he'll be able to do that this year with his team and and this game i know that he's going to have circle on his on his schedule in his locker room and be able to go in there and get a win and play very well it would be uh Very rewarding for Tyrod Taylor. Absolutely. Oh, man. I'm just, I'm so excited. I'm getting chills thinking
1: about this game because they got some, and they already had some big talkers on the defense, but now they got like Chris Harris and Limval Joseph. These guys are just kind of fired up and ready to go and go fight for him. Oh, I'm so excited. And then I was just watching Mike Williams play, you know, all of last season, bail out Phillip Rivers and fighting for his quarterback. I'm like, I'm very excited for this game. Anyway, the next game, I don't know. Week 13 versus the New England Patriots. Good thing they're at home in Foxborough. It never seems to work out. I don't know, honestly, how the Patriots are going to look this season. I don't know how many touchdowns their back-to-back tight ends are going to score this year or whatever their plan is on offense. Their quarterback that no one seems to know anything about but the Patriots. Um, I have no idea how this game is going to go. I would guess, sadly, it's going to be a loss until the Chargers prove me otherwise that they can beat the Patriots. But... I have, like This is a big question, Mark. I have no idea how this game is going to go because I have no idea what kind of team the Patriots are going to be this season.
2: Yeah, it, it's just very confusing because a normal team with a, a new incoming quarterback would theoretically head into the draft and free agency and say, okay, we're going to give our new quarterback a lot of weapons. We're going to beef up the defense, you know, like the Broncos did, but the Patriots just let all their free agents walk. They obviously let Tom Brady walk, and then they didn't really give... Jarrett Stidham any kind of weapons and so you know, obviously Bill Belichick is the greatest coach that, that has ever coached and I, I'm always going to be worried about this team whenever he is coaching but I just, I just don't know like I think that will be really solid I'd be surprised if they lose more than you know 8 games I think 8-8 eight eight is probably what they end up being but you know they just outside of Julian Edelman who is old and always injured they don't really have any well, I guess James White too But they don't really have any great weapons outside of Stephon Gilmore. They don't really have any marquee defensive players anymore. So it's just going to be really interesting to see what this team is going to be like. And, you know, the Patriots are like the Chargers kryptonite. So if they lost, I wouldn't be surprised. But if they won, I wouldn't be surprised either because the Patriots are so unknown at this point.
3: I'm still scared of the Patriots defense. Mm-hmm. I I mean, he, like Stephen said, they have Stephon Gilmore. Didn't they also re, uh, retain McCordy? Both of the McCordys. Oh yeah, oh, right. You're right. Um, they also grabbed Uche. Did they not?
2: Yeah. Oh, Adrian Phillips.
3: Yep, Adrian Phillips is there now. And shame on you, Stephen. He's what? He's <laughs> I
2: I really like Adrian Phillips. I think he's a great Same. story. but he's know, not a star. He's not a star. Yeah.
3: Um, that which is fair. He's not. But he is a he is a very Patriots player. Um, mm-hmm. They also got Terrence Brooks there, who I've always thought is a very underrated player, and he fit right in as a chess piece, similar to the way Adrian Phillips is going to be utilized. And they got um, Zach Bond, didn't they? Or was no, that a different Saints, team? The Saints
2: got Saints. Bond. Saints, Saints got Zach the Bond. The Patriots um, took – they got uh, uh, Kyle Duggar, and they got um, Joshua Uche. Those were their second third picks. I thought
3: they got another hybrid edge rusher. Um, I think they did. I can't remember the name right now. I don't oh, know Oh, the was... Alabama
2: one. Uh, one of the Alabama ones, either Terrell Lewis or Aferny Jennings. They got one of those.
3: I think it was Anthony Jennings. Anyways, so they have they got very scheme-reliant players on there. Uh, they also got Jeff Thomas out of Miami and UDFA. So uh, he's a really good speedster receiver as well. So they, they worry me. The only thing that doesn't worry me about the Patriots is... Uh, Jarrett Stidham because that's their quarterback as of now. Uh, and I did not necessarily care for Stidham as a rookie going into that draft, I was pretty low on him. And so, I mean, can you root against the Patriots, but can you not root against? Them? I don't know, that's it's weird. The Patriots without Tom Brady is just weird. I don't know what to think, I don't know how they're gonna do. I think it's going to be similar to last year. I mean, we did say that, like, like as Tyler and Steven both said here, Tom Brady wasn't very good towards the end of 2019. So if the Patriots were still able to perform and win games without a good Tom Brady, why can they still why, – why does it change now? I, I mean, see what you mean. So I, – and I like them more. I like the defense more this year than I liked them last year because – you know, you retain the mccordys you add Adrian Phillips, you get Uche and Jennings, and then you've got, um, and then you've got the rotational pieces. They have a uh, J.C. Jackson as well, I think his name is. Uh, I really like him in the slot, and then Jonathan Jones you got him in at the dime package corner. It's got players everywhere, chess pieces everywhere, and that's what the Patriots defense is. It's a big game of chess, dude. They don't need they don't need a bunch of kings and queens out there. They just need a couple pawns placed in the right spot. And, boom, they're, they're an elite defense. You're just like, well, dang it. Every time. So, I mean, I feel like this happens all the time where you're like, are are the Patriots vulnerable this year? Are they vulnerable this year? The only reason it's truly different this year is because Brady's not there. Right. So, I mean, I, I'm i going to say the Patriots win that one until, like, like you guys said, I'm proven otherwise. Already. Next one
1: is the Week 14 clash against the Atlanta Falcons. We kind of were hoping this one was a little bit earlier so the Chargers could get on a nice roll and not have their stadium taken over by fans. The Atlanta Falcons have to pump crowd noise into their stadium, don't they? Anyway, the last time they played, I believe, was the Denzel Perriman interception and in either overtime or late fourth quarter win. It's against right?
3: Julio, right? Oh, oh, man. Yes. You jump in front of Julio Jones? Ugh, I not I my don't receiver. Who it was. <laughs>
1: anyway, this will be an interesting one. I don't think the Falcons are really good. I think Julio Jones is terrifying, but otherwise, like I mean, there are no Freeman, no Coleman. I have no, I don't know much about the Falcons to be honest. Other than that, um, Herbert watched a lot of Matt Ryan tape, so maybe they can give <laughs> the Chargers a little bit of insight on oh, how, no. to, oh, my how to beat Matt Ryan. Um, otherwise, I mean, it's an interesting one.
2: I think it'll be a good game. I just think the Chargers come out on top on this one. Yeah, I think I agree with you, but I will say that this game has shootout written all over it because that's really what the Falcons do, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Every single one of their games is like 38-35 to 35 kind of situation. But, you know, Julio Jones, any game against Julio Jones, I'm going to be worried about because he has the potential to go for 300 yards and four touchdowns, which you've seen a few times. Um, Calvin Ridley is a really good receiver. Um but really, other than that, they don't really have a ton of marquee players. I know on defense, they don't really have anyone. Trufant is gone now. Um, you know their safety, um, Keanu Neal, is always hurt. So, you know, Julio and Ridley are obviously very concerning, and I think it will be a very high-scoring game. But I think that'll be fun. I think this is probably is my second favorite home game that I potentially will be going to and making the trip down from Fresno. Uh, I know it's just going to be an entertaining game and a really good one to watch.
3: Um, Just a little change of topic a little bit here. Uh, just because I saw this, the Chargers, because they do not have a Sunday night football game. We have no Brian Bulaga Iowa this year.
1: Oh
2: uh, man. I didn't realize that. Uh, so dang it. Come sorry on, for NFL. ruining everybody's
3: day. Um, Shoot, but yeah, stupid NFL. Um, that was that was the whole reason we wanted Bulaga, not for his blocking. Come on, <laughs> I'm uh, sure the
1: Chargers will do something to put him somewhere, like some social media genius thing that we'll all cry and laugh over. Yeah, yeah.
3: Anthony Lynn will hold up a sign that says Ryan Bulaga, <laughs> Iowa. <laughs> so, Falcons. I'm not a big Met Ryan believer. I think he had a better year last year, but I I just any it's man, hard to really
2: buy into him
3: it's hard to buy into the falcons is is the tough part about like just looking at this matchup there's a i'm going to take the cheap answer here i'm just going to say this game depends on how the other chargers games go if there is momentum heading into this game i think the chargers win if there is no momentum heading into this game i think it's a toss up because the falcons suck <laughs>
1: I don't know. I mean, it'll be their their second game at home. I I mean, if they beat the if they beat the Patriots, my gosh, there'll be momentum. And especially if the week before they rallied and beat Buffalo, that's a ton of momentum. But I even think without momentum, to be completely honest, that they can they can beat this Falcons team.
3: Yeah, which Let's, is what I was saying. It's like a toss up. If there's yeah. if there's no momentum heading into that game, I think it's fifty fifty. Just because like the Falcons lose against some weird teams. Yeah. So it's like. Yep. I oh no,
2: stuff. know. They'll lose, like, a game to the Jaguars, and then the next week they'll go into San Francisco and beat the 49ers.
1: Yep. 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 All right, let's move on to Week 15 at Las Vegas Raiders, their second primetime game, or the Chargers' second primetime game of the season on Thursday night football. I said they would win earlier, so I will say they will lose on the road here. I actually might go to this game because that would be kind of fun but, um, oh, it's Thursday. Never mind, not going. Yeah. We'll see you guys there. See ya. <laughs> how do you guys feel about this one? I, Thursday
2: night games are always a toss-up. You never really know how the road team is going to do in those kind of situations. You know, obviously we saw the Thursday night game in Oakland last year, how poorly that went. So, I I, I don't know. I, I'm not expecting high, a high performance, a high-level performance, excuse me, from the Chargers in this game. Granted, it Vegas isn't super far away, but uh, I hate Thursday night games, honestly. I wish the NFL would get rid of Thursday night football games. They're never high-quality games, in my opinion. And as much as I love football, I'm sick of seeing poor-quality football on Thursday nights. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyways, that's another rant for another time. But, yeah, I think the Raiders probably win this game. Um, their car sucks. Moving on. <laughs> Look, if the Chargers were going
1: to sweep any AFC West team, it would be the Raiders. Yeah. I that's mean, that's true. what
2: it's been in the past. I think... Really, like you're saying, I think they split the Chiefs, they split the Broncos, and then they hopefully sweep the Raiders. That would be great.
1: That would be great. And I mentioned this on Twitter, too. This game is low-key like a, a separate bye week heading into Week 16 and 17 and possibly the postseason because they'll right. play on the 17th, I believe, and they don't play Denver again until the, either the 26th or the 27th, which I guess we'll get into now. Week 16 versus Denver, which could either be a Saturday or Sunday game. If it's Saturday, be a nice little primetime game and their only home primetime game of the entire season, which would be nice because I'm paying a lot of money for these tickets, and a (laughs) primetime game would be great. Yeah. Um, So I said they lost earlier, so they'll they'll win here and split the series. What do you guys think?
2: Yeah, I really hope that this game is primetime, especially Sunday night football, so we can hear Brian Balaga, Iowa. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think they split with the Broncos, and I think they'll win this game. Um, Yeah, as much as I hate what the Broncos have done, you know, in this kind of situation, that's going to be a must-win game for both teams. So that'll be really entertaining, especially if it's a primetime game, and be really exciting for, for this Chargers team. And you know, Historically, they've, they've played Denver tough at home, much tougher at home than on the road anyway. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think they split against the Broncos.
3: At this point, I'm expecting Drew Locke to be in kind of a, a rhythm on the back end of the season. I expect him to be finally—it's going to be clicking for the Broncos, I feel— uh, that chemistry with Jerry Judy is going to be on point. Mm-hmm. Um, this is also the time of the year where Keenan Allen has four touchdowns and we're hoping to God he doesn't get the six again. <laughs> um, so Keenan will score two more touchdowns in this game and then he won't score again for the rest of the year. And we'll finally – like there's going to be speculation at some point if this keeps happening, guys. This is going to be – people are going to think something a little fishy going on here with Keenan Allen's stat line. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this is the time of year where I'm always, you know, this is the time of year where we're just sitting there, like, is play, are the playoffs still possible, or is there a way we can mess this up? And so, I mean, this is the kind of this is the time. Of There's no more Phil Sumber, guys. There's no more Phil Sumber. It's
1: oh, well, it wasn't Phil Sumber last year either. It was just kind of whatever that was.
3: It was tie. Ty, it's, it's Ty Sumber now or t, t-, 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 t- Let december december there you go december t- s- t- um god I, I i already talked about the broncos so i don't know what to talk about this time you just move it's, on if you that, want well, we move on Time to go
1: move on all right so next one is against week last one of the season for some reason always kansas city week 7 at kansas city is there a chance that this game is just a scrimmage game between both teams because the chiefs have like the number 1 seed and the Chargers just aren't going to get stuck with the 7th seed anyway. Yeah. That's Justin I Herbert think that's... versus
2: Jordan Tamu. Oh, my gosh. Don't forget that Chiefs also have Shea Patterson. Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. It's going to be hey, incredible you should... because you have Jordan Tamu and Shea Patterson, and you know Andy Reid is going to turn one of them into, like, a second-round pick in a couple of years.
3: If, if Andy Reid turns Shea Patterson into a viable starting quarterback, I will just – <laughs> i won't understand i might if, if andy Reid ever gets fired i'm just gonna go to whatever team he becomes a head coach of i'm just i'm just gonna be happy uh rooting for him uh but sh- man i i really hope shea patterson plays in this game please god <laughs> if you could give me one thing this season that would be derwin james versus shea patterson on <laughs> one, play.
2: That'd be, one play that'd be more fun than nathan peterman
3: I think it would. I mean, Shea Patterson—he does have a lot of good physical tools. I just—we'll move on because I've I've trashed on Shea Patterson enough. Yeah.
1: He was the only guy not drafted. So I'm pretty sure he knows. Like he's aware. I think everyone's pretty much aware. Also, the Chiefs did, I believe, sign Nathan Peterman. So and they couldn't make that work. They what? Not recently. Not like not like this offseason or anything. But they before they did have Nathan Peterman. I'm pretty sure. Did they really? i believe so and then the raiders got him and he can't go anywhere i don't
3: know well the the raiders oh do the raiders still have him
2: yeah the I raiders the raiders cut Deshaun kaiser so they kept peter man over kaiser
3: that's so interesting why why is hmm, never mind you know what john gruden kaiser might be an interesting player to bring in for like a camp arm and see what he has because i actually kaiser has some you know no just whatever we're not going to talk about Sean Kaiser. Nah, anybody that sounds like Kaiser or
1: Kaiser, they're just going to ignore and forget. So, <laughs> yeah,
3: so we're not going <laughs> to the Kaiser. <laughs> oh God gosh. forbid, like God forbid, one of these coaches has Kaiser permanente. I was, <laughs> 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 they wouldn't go. <laughs> they wouldn't go. Oh my gosh! You, you need to go to the doctor. No. No, I can't. Going.
2: <laughs> Flag planted. No Kaiser ever. Oh my gosh.
1: Anyway, so that's the entire schedule. Do you? I know Jason doesn't want to. I think this team will win more than ten games this season, barring some significant injuries. I think if it's the Justin Herbert show, I'm a little worried about them crossing ten wins. But honestly, this schedule. I think our listener John Ayers pointed this out. They have like the fifth easiest schedule in the NFL this season. What? And it and it shows because even even though the AFC, well, based
2: on win loss, on last year's like that, wins, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, Fernando Ramirez. It, we know better. Fernando Ramirez said that it's the 10th easiest schedule in the NFL based on last season's records. Well, thanks huh. a lot, John. Liar. <laughs> so Get out of here. Yeah, this is really interesting. You know, I firmly believe that this Chargers team overall is better than the one last year. You know, They mm-hmm. plugged a lot of holes within Rob Joseph, Brian Belag, Trey Turner, Chris Harris. Even Nick Vigil is a an upgraded linebacker depth situation going on there. Um, Josh Kelly, I think is gonna be very interesting, but you know, all of it's gonna hinge on Tyrod. As much as I believe in Tyrod, you know unfortunately, we have seen some bad football from him. granted it was in Cleveland, which was literally the worst situation that Tyrod could have been in. Um, I believe in Tyrod and I think this team could win nine or 10 games. So I yeah I would expect that to be the case, but you know last year I thought that they would win eleven games or twelve, and then everything went to shit. Um, So it's just really in May it's tough to predict fully what this team is gonna do, and and especially in a shortened off season. But you know I believe in Tyrod Taylor. I believe what this team can do around him, and you know right now gut feeling says that this team is like nine and seven.
3: I'm not gonna get my record. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do
2: this. How about this?
3: Do you think the Chargers make the postseason,
1: especially considering the seventh seed? Jason, do the Chargers even play this season? Yes, they play. (laughs) There we go. We have a prediction from Jason.
3: (laughs) The Chargers will play 16 (laughs) games in 2020. There we
2: go.
3: I'm assuming if they don't, there's a whole new problem. Um, actually do they play 16 games this season i think it's a legitimate question
2: i think i think they do i just might not be there for the first four yeah i think the nfl season is going to happen um i think the nfl cares too much about money to not have a season so (laughs) god for money i I know football (laughs) yeah (laughs) whether or not there are fans for the first month i think that is gonna be you know the debate but i think the teams will play games and i think they'll have at least two preseason games and somewhat of a training camp, but yeah, I just think this team improved in enough areas where I'm comfortable predicting a nine and seven season, maybe ten and six, you know, if the cards fall the right way. But, you know, really the toughest stretch here for me outside of the last three weeks, obviously against the division teams, you know, it's it's Tampa Bay and New Orleans. Back to back I think that's really tough, but, you know, there's not really like a death row type of schedule in the in this season. And so yeah, I think the team is going to have a good season. I don't know if they'll have a great season, but yeah, I could definitely see this team making the playoffs.
3: I think it's going to be a fun season, regardless. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely.
1: I still think this is just a a season to just see what happens because it's it just a seems like
3: where our quarterback can run and I get to cheer.
1: That'll be fun. Yeah. I tell you what, though, this is the Raiders' opening. Other than the Panthers, they go play the Saints, then the Patriots, then the Bills, then the Chiefs, then a bye week, then the Bucks. The Browns, I guess, but then Chargers, Broncos. I mean, they have it tough. Like, they have a really rough, same, same, you know, player, same teams, but their schedule is just rough to open the season. Whereas the Chargers get a little bit of a break, Cincinnati, Carolina. But I mean, yeah, those that week four and week five, and I guess you know, week two, if they beat the Chiefs,
3: we'll know by week five what kind of team this is, right? You know, bar, barring injuries and whatnot. So,
1: I don't know like about
3: that. I think there's still identity that's going to have to be sorted out. I mean, this team has played with Phillip rivers for mm-hmm. as long as I can remember. So, I mean, there's going to be, they're going to need to sort some things out just because it's in theory on paper. Sure. They have it sorted out, but it's a whole other story. The second Tyrod takes the field and it just feels different. You know, it's just, there's a lot of, um, and I, again, we're going to bring up this chemistry thing because we've talked about chemistry all like the past two years now in the sense of like, Oh, line chemistry. And, um, and then the chemistry of the online line heading into this season. And it's the same thing at quarterback. This team's going have to have to find a chemistry with Tyrod Taylor uh, between not just Tyrod Taylor and Keenan Allen or Mike Williams. I know they've talked about that. But you're also talking about Tom Telesco having a chemistry with Tyrod Taylor and understanding what he needs to do for Tyrod Taylor to find success. Uh, and you're talking about Anthony Lynn, what uh, Shane Steichen, what plays does Tyrod like to run in these situations? What plays are going to work? And this identity is going to have to be sorted out. So I don't know about week five, but um, that's the tough part about having a new starter coming at quarterback. You need to learn who these guys are, and sometimes teams just don't have the patience. So we'll see. All right, so I got one more question for you guys before we head
1: out. What happens if the Chargers with Tyrod Taylor go, let's say eleven and five, make the postseason, and let's say they make it to the AFC Championship game, but they lose, and Tyrod Taylor has a let's say thirty five hundred yards? 22 touchdown eight interception kind of season and i don't know three 400 rushing yards and the defense plays fine and obviously they're 11 and five made the afc championship game well, what do you do what do you mean what do you do
3: <laughs> well you got this herbert kid uh you, but you just, just went 11 and five you go with what found you success i mean i mean you don't just move on from tyrod taylor after that kind of season i would again be mad i would be mad at my own team For letting Tyrod hit the streets, right? I I think I think if you got to reward your players, you know, and if Tyrod Taylor goes and has a good season, just because you drafted Justin Herbert doesn't mean that your entire plan should change like that. Like you don't just give up the success just because you spent a, a number six pick on this guy. And I don't know, trade him, do something, but go with what's worked uh quarterbacks can stick around until they're like 40 years old nowadays so i mean tyrod taylor if he has a big season and you can get six years out of him that's fine trade trade justin herbert and just roll with tyrod and you know that that's that's a success you know and i think people are getting caught up on this is like it, it like it would be a failure if justin herbert never started for the chargers and it was tyrod taylor's show going forward it's not a failure you're not drafting a quarterback because you think the other quarterback on the roster is going to fail, right? You're just getting more options for your team down the line. Um, Whether it be Tyrod Taylor or Justin Herbert, you're getting more people into that quarterback room in the case that something bad happens, in the cases that something fails, because as of now, it's Tyrod Taylor's team. So the only way for it to not be Tyrod Taylor's team is if Taylor loses it. And I firmly believe that because this team likes Tyrod Taylor. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you're telling me that they're going to move on from Tyrod Taylor after a, a good season like that and Anthony Lynn won't throw a fit, I mean, <laughs> they, right. I, I I firmly believe that Anthony Lynn would throw an absolute fit if they moved on from Tyrod Taylor after a, after a good season from him. So, I mean, and again, H- Herbert is another option. He's not the answer. He's not the answer until he gets on the field and proves that he is the answer. He's just another option. So, if if taylor gives you success that's that's the option you choose that's your quarterback
2: yeah in that kind of situation if they go to the afc championship game you have to bring tyro taylor back in the nfl you you don't know how long windows like that are open so if tyro taylor takes his team to the afc championship you have to bring him back and you know we've pointed to the chief situation with obviously the players are different but the chief situation with alex smith and, and patrick mahomes is very similar to what we're kind of thinking for the quarterback, for the quarterbacks uh, going forward. So, if the Chargers are nine and seven and and they lose in the wild card, then like yeah, obviously you, you know you pivot to Justin Herbert and you move for move towards the future. Uh, I would love for them to bring back Tyrod regardless. Uh, you know if he's the back for Justin Herbert, I think that's that's an ideal situation. Mm-hmm. But if they are eleven and five, go to the AFC Championship game. You have to bring Tyrod Tyrod Taylor back, and you have to. Make, Keep him as your starter. And I think in that situation, Anthony Lynn would definitely be doing that. And so it's just really interesting. I, I wouldn't go as far to say that you trade either one in that situation. I think you keep both because you want to see what Justin Herbert can do at some point And um, you want to be able to see what you have in that investment before kind of just shipping him off. But I want Tyrod Taylor back regardless because I think if he's Justin Herbert's backup, I think that's a great situation. If they do great and do go to the AFC Championship, then obviously I want him back even more. But in that situation, I would want him to be the starter next year as well.
1: All right, guys. Thank you very much for sharing. I am very excited for this schedule. I know all of Chargers fans are. We all want to be 16-0, and make the postseason, win the Super Bowl, and finally be able to say something to other Raiders fans that are fighting with you on Twitter about <laughs> how you're not, if you haven't been relevant for the last 20 years or ever, I guess. Anyway... Uh, Steven and Jason, where can Chargers fans and any other Raiders fans f- find you on social media? <laughs> Raiders fans, yeah.
2: at us, Raiders fans. <laughs> um, Steven and I haggling on Twitter and GAC Podcast. Uh, please leave us some reviews on whichever podcast platform you are listening to. Did you say podcast? Did I? Squat Kessenberry. I meant to say <laughs> podcast. I'm
3: sorry. Maybe you did say podcast. Maybe I heard it wrong. Uh, I don't know. Tyler, how did you hear it? I heard it the way you did, Jason. Oh man! All right, sweet. <laughs> then I love it. But I'm just polite. Um, <laughs> um, it's been a long day. You can find me at Centauri Thirteen on Twitter and at GAC Podcast um, <laughs> <Nice. laughs> on Instagram. Oh, man. Um, GAC Podcast Seventeen on Instagram, I believe. I don't know. Actually, I'm having. I'm gone. I've got – what? I think I'm having a stroke. Oh my gosh. Um,
2: I forgot our Instagram. That's no, it's, it's GSC podcast. No,
1: 17. it's GSC podcast seventeen. Very nice. Well, okay. this is Tyler. You can find me at Tyler J Shoon on Twitter or the Glilty is Glarged Blood Blast on Facebook or whatever you want to call it with a bunch of L's. Uh, <laughs> anyway, that's it for today's episode. We'll see you guys on Tuesday.